Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome everybody, it's Eddie Trunk, and it's time for another edition of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, free every week, podcastone.com, Apple Podcasts, and of course, now available on Spotify, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, you can hear the Eddie Trunk Podcast, available on Spotify, as I uh, told you, or if you may have heard about in previous weeks, so excited that my show is now available to stream free on Spotify. If you haven't tried listening there yet, it is free to download and use Spotify on any device. It's a great listening experience, and you can go straight from listening to my podcast or maybe one of your favorite bands and then switch right over to the podcast or the band all in the same app. So I don't know, maybe you're cranking some Aerosmith and then you want to come over and Listen to the Eddie Trunk Podcast or vice versa. You can all do that. Now available, the Eddie Trunk Podcast, free on any device on Spotify as well. Just search for my show on Spotify. Start listening for free. And remember, it is totally free. Even if you are not a premium member of Spotify, it is totally free still on that platform as well to hear the Eddie Trunk Podcast. So now you got me on Spotify. You got me on Apple Podcasts. You got me, of course, at podcastone.com, and I thank you for listening however you do it each and every week. And remember, of course, as I tell you each and every week, the interviews you hear on the Eddie Trunk Podcast, each and every one of them, originated on my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation, which you can hear daily on Channel 106 Volume, live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, replaying every night 10 to midnight Eastern And full shows, audio, video, all sorts of stuff on demand whenever you'd like on the SiriusXM app. So if you're in the U.S. and Canada, hope you listen every day to me on SiriusXM. Here you are getting just a tiny dose of the shows and interviews and clips from them that I do on a daily basis. 
Coming to you this week from the Monsters of Rock cruise. I just got off of it at the time I am recording this. Uh, just a couple days ago, as a matter of fact. Another absolute blast. I'll be honest with you, it is beyond exhausting. <laughs> it's probably the hardest I work all year. Now, look, I know I'm not digging ditches, but I'm just saying it's, it's, it is an insane amount of bands. Uh, the schedule is nonstop. As a result, I do not get to see every band, not even close. I don't even get to talk to every member of every band or even physically see them. It's a huge ship, tremendous amount of bands. Very, very, very difficult to see everything. But another absolute blast, my 10th Monsters of Rock cruise. And uh, it was, weather was great. Did my radio show from the ship. Had a lot of great guests. If you have Sirius or XM, I would suggest uh, checking out on demand, if you missed it when it aired live, my many interviews with some of the many artists that visited me, including Rick Allen of Def Leppard, Steve Harris of Iron Maiden, Tesla, Crocus, Extreme, Winger, uh, the list goes on and on, King's X, many, many bands came by and saw me on the ship, and we had a great chat and a great time, and I saw many bands perform live. Most of the sets that I saw were really, really good. So if you want more from the Monsters Cruise, I would highly suggest checking out those interviews on the SiriusXM app. In the coming weeks, I'll try to bring you a few of the interviews from the cruise that I can uh, when possible. But if you're a SiriusXM subscriber, go ahead and listen whenever you'd like because uh, there's some really great stuff, and I had a really good time. You could probably still hear my voice a bit raspy from literally talking for five days over blasting loud music to a ton of great, great fans. So I'm back from the cruise, and now I am getting ready. Well, at the time you hear this, I am in Los Angeles and getting ready for some great activities. Now, the first order of business that will be happening... Uh, as you're hearing this, actually tonight will be the latest Dio Cancer Fund fundraising event. It's at Avalon. If you're in Los Angeles, come join me as I host this celebration of Ronnie D James Dio 10 years after he passed away. Money being raised for the Dio Cancer Fund, live performances and awards being given out. It should be a special night that I will be hosting tonight in Los Angeles. Then this weekend, I head to Tulsa, and I will be hosting an evening with Buck Cherry. That'll be happening at the IDL Ballroom this coming Saturday night. Tickets are going fast for this, so get on in there if you can. And uh, be sure to grab them at Stubwire. Then back to L.A. And on the 25th, I'll be at the Rainbow doing my monthly broadcast from the Rainbow Bar and Grill. My guests will be Alter Bridge and Nuno Betancourt. So come on out to the Rainbow on the 25th, live 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific time, totally free uh, to come down if you're in Southern California. Everybody else listen to us live on volume as it happens, and you can hear all the action. Miles Kennedy, Mark Tremonti, Nuno Betancourt, all on the patio with me at the Rainbow for the next Trunk Nation LA Invasion, live on Sirius XM volume, and that'll be going down on the night of the 25th. So a lot of stuff coming up here. 
as uh, the year is in full swing now and Monsters of Rock Cruise is already in the book in the books looking forward to next year's as well already announced Alice Cooper headlining and those cabins will be going quick so get them when they go on sale as that rolls out hey I want to tell you about some really amazing earbuds that I've come across you should actually check them out because uh, everybody's looking for cool earbuds it is absolutely a wireless world where nobody wants those wires and having to deal with that sort of thing and just connect via Bluetooth. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I am not a big earbuds guy because most of them are not comfortable. They don't stay placed well in my ears. I just never have been into earbuds. But that has changed with wireless earbuds from Raycon. One of the cool things about these earbuds is they're a lot cheaper than most of the others. I mean, they are premium earbuds, but without the premium price. So that's great for starters. Their latest model, the E25, is their best model yet. You get six hours of playtime. It's super easy to pair them with Bluetooth, which is always nice. Great bass uh, sound coming from this very compact design. Really, really nice fit on them as well. There's these little adapters that you can change the bud to make sure it fits snugly in your ear the way you want. They're very comfortable, and they're easy for taking phone calls and, of course, listening to any of your favorite music. So that, to me, is the best thing about them, man. They fit your ears very nice. They're affordable, great playtime, great versatility. Raycon earbuds, they're stylish. They come in different colors. It's really, really a nice earbud. So be sure to check it out. And we got a deal for you because now is the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. You can get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash trunk, T-R-U-N-K. That's buyraycon, spelled B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash trunk. 15% off already incredibly reasonably priced premium earbuds. They come in a cool little case, different colors. Go there. You're not going to miss out on this deal, are you? 15% off already great pricing. Again, the website, buyraycon.com slash trunk. That's where you want to go to get your Raycon earbuds. All right. Okay, so my interview this week is something a little different. I am really, really, really excited about a lot of emerging young rock bands that are on the scene these days. And it's a bit of a challenge keeping up with all of them. You know, that's one of the problems with new music. There's so much of it because you really don't need a record label anymore. Everybody pumping out music in different ways, different formats. And uh, it's kind of hard for people who are fans of rock music to find what the good new stuff is. This week, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to feature two younger emerging rock acts. First up will be a band called Dirty Honey. You may be familiar with these guys. They've had tremendous touring opportunities recently. They also had a number one rock radio single, and they don't have a record deal still. Real good guys, talented young band. If you like straight-up bluesy hard rock, they are the ticket. And uh, I've been really involved with them in terms of promoting them and talking about them and having them on my radio show now since the beginning. The interview you're about to hear is their third or fourth appearance on my show. It happened a couple weeks ago. 
when all four members were in New York City and came into my studio. So they'll be first up, and second will be an artist by the name of Tuck Smith. Tuck is a young artist that was previously in a band called The Biters out of Atlanta. Tuck Smith is interesting in that he is going to be the opening act on the Motley Crue Def Leppard Poison Joan Jet Stadium Tour. Yes, he was added as the fifth act on that bill, somewhat quietly, and he'll go on, you know, obviously very early in the morning, or not in the morning, in the afternoon, I should say, probably like late afternoon to be more accurate. But he scored a great thing there by getting on that tour and at least uh, having the opportunity to maybe turn some people on to what he's doing. Tuck's music is much more in a power pop sort of vein, but I really like what he's doing, and I like that genre of music as well, and I think you will also. But, you know, he's been around for a little bit, as you're about to hear in this interview, and has sort of weathered the storm and now has come out as a solo artist landing this big tour. So this week's podcast about newer, younger, emerging rock acts, and I'll feature two of them. First up, Dirty Honey, who've had a great deal of success early on in their career here and done it all without the benefit of a record label. And next, Tuck Smith, who is the opening act on the stadium tour and whose debut album comes out in, uh, I guess, a month or two. But he has a single currently out right now along with the video. So we shine the spotlight on younger, newer, emerging artists because if we want rock and roll to continue, that is where the hope is for the future. And I'm very optimistic about some of these acts out there. I just feel that they have a hard time finding a platform and finding people who to know about what exactly is going on in a very oversaturated, very, very convoluted marketplace. So that's what I got for you this week on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. First, Dirty Honey. Second, Tuck Smith. Look, I know that a lot of weeks I bring you big-name artists on this podcast. But do me a favor. Listen to and support some of the younger, newer ones. It's important, and I hope you take the time to give this one a listen. We'll talk to Dirty Honey first. They are up next, and we'll get to them right after this. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. The Adam Carolla Show, it's the number one daily downloaded podcast in the world, and you've got to check it out. Catch up with some of Adam's latest interviews featuring James Carville, Paulie Shore, and Rob Hubel. Adam's bringing you his daily rants, antics, and musings with a side of comedy. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast apps so you get new episodes every week. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome back to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. As I mentioned, my interviews this week are with newer, younger, emerging artists. First up will be Dirty Honey, all four members of the band in my studio for my Sirius XM show, Trunk Nation on Volume Enjoy the conversation, and if you're not turned on to these guys, be sure to check out their music. Here you go, Dirty Honey, first up on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. How are you, boys? We are good. We're happy to be in New York City. 
sitting alongside yeah. a, le- a legend. Oh, living legend. A legend of serious. Howard Stern's off today. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, good to have everybody back in Dirty Honey. When last we when when last we had all four of you here. You were just young pups starting out, yeah, and now no, look at you. We're still veterans. young pups <laughs> starting out. <laughs> I was saying off Nothing's the, changed. I was okay, saying okay, off right. the air. So I was. I don't know if you guys heard before you came in, because I was just like, well, you know, it's going to be a rags to riches stories, story with those guys. They said, I'm not sure where they are on the spectrum from rags to riches. I had you at about a quarter up the ladder past rags. So about a quarter of the way to halfway to riches. A quarter up the first step of the long ladder from rags to riches. That's where we are. There's been pro- there's been there's, significant I, progress, there's been right, John? Yeah, there's been incredible progress. I'm a little bit more of an optimist, but it's good. He keeps us honest. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, is that how it works? Wait, <laughs> yeah. so John, are you the pessimist and Mark is the optimist? Is that how it works? I think it's the reverse. It's the yeah, reverse. Yeah, I'm always like, this is great. He's like, well, I mean, we can... <clears throat> Yeah, that, always, was, yeah. that was literally the uh, that was literally the conversation that happened on stage uh, when we opened for for Guns in Vegas. I was kind of like, "Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, you're right. That's it. This is torture for me because it was kind of like a half full arena in Vegas. There's a million things to do in Vegas. Nobody's coming to see the opener at seven thirty. You know, right. so it's different than a, a we love the gig. The right. gig was awesome, but I John was having literally the time of his life, and I walked over <laughs> him. I was like. I, yeah. I hate this. And he's like, this is the best night of my life. I wish I, I understood his point of view. I was like, I was doing it sort of in the face of. I was like, no one's here. F them. I'm going to do the best show I could ever do. Right. It was you awesome. I mean? It was yeah. so awesome. And he was, you know, he's great too. But. Yeah. Where, Justin, where do you fall in on all this? Optimistic, somewhere in between? I'm pretty optimistic. I yeah. think things are going pretty well. All right. <clears throat> I have high hopes. Corey, optimistic, <laughs> pessimistic. Uh, Show me when it's real. What's I mean, uh, is it, did that work? So it worked. So super good. Yeah. yeah. I, there's four other mics that are picking up the cough, though. So I don't know. John figuring out there's a cough button yeah. to mute his call. Earlier, I thought it was a gag because I've never done this. Like the, the first time we were in here, I was like, oh, does it make a cough? So I thought it was like oh, a you gag. thought it was a, a sound effect? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, where's I the did. whistle button? <laughs> I was literally over there pressing it. For those listening that don't know what they're talking about, there's a button in front of everyone's mic that says cough, meaning if you have to cough or you need to mute your mic, you push it. But John actually thought it was a button that made a cough sound. <laughs> I don't know why they don't just put mute. <laughs> Right. Yeah, mute. You would think, right? Yeah. You would think. You would think that would make more sense. All right, so wait. So let's let's get to this now. So you guys were in here. Wh- when was that? That uh, wasn't a year ago the very first time May, I met you, was it? March or April, something like that. Okay. So it's early part of last year. Mm-hmm. And the at that point I was pretty much introducing you guys to everybody because at that point, I hadn't heard of you. Nobody had heard of you, really, for the most part. Yeah. Even before that, you were introducing us. Yeah, you got you got on early. Well, yeah, because somebody, because yeah. well, because your manager, he yelled at you, who I, who I, <laughs> I I've known forever. Yeah, he he wrangled me and like eh, so. Yeah, but but um, the progress from where I I sit has been really remarkable. I mean, I think it's been amazing. And Thank you. without a doubt, we talked about this, Mark, because Mark called in couple weeks ago not even to this show because you just done the aerosmith cover and we talked about it but even made more remarkable by the fact that you guys as we sit here today unless something's changed that i'm unaware of are still an unsigned rock band still an unsigned rock band yeah Mm -hmm. and that is correct me if i'm wrong more a product 
of choice than anything. You probably have had deals that you didn't want, right? Now yes. it is, you know, and we're on tour with a band, you know, the Amazons, who are amazing from awesome. the UK, and we all really like them. The music's great. They're super rock and roll, too, and, you know, they have a label, and I talk to them all the time, and their tour manager about the struggles and the benefits of it. And, you know, for us, it's just more decisions, more people making decisions that like, we don't really need or feel like we want their, their help and guidance from. It's just more roadblocks from getting to A to B. Mm. And on top of it, potentially more people in your pocket when you're already struggling and starving, trying to make it. So, yeah, I haven't met anyone in a band yet who said you, we love our label. You should, yeah, and I'm just being totally candid. I'm not trying to talk smack on all the labels out there. Yeah, yeah. But it's just that's been the story. Every like you know, they've all just been like, "Are you on a label?" No, like, don't do it. Like, okay. Well, there's a dirty little thing in the music industry called the 360 deal, which is scaring away a lot of people from wanting to take record deals. And for the audience, I've talked about it before, that don't know what that is. It used to be label gave you an advance. You made a record. They had a piece of the record, yada, yada, yada. Now they want a piece of the live shows and the merch and the publishing and Mm -hmm. the whole nine yards. Yeah. And that, I believe, is starting to become a bit of a, a deterrent. Because a lot of those deals are what's, that's what a lot, a lot of what's being offered, right? Even in, you're starting to see it, I think, even, you know, uh, trickling down into the lower labels too, like the sort of major indies, you know, even your smaller label offers are going to be a somewhat of a 360, you know, Mm. of course at the top, if you, you know, if you're 17 year old, super hot female and you get signed, that's going to be a 360 deal. Yeah. I mean, we met with Universal and they were like, Hey, Bruno Mars has a 360 deal. Is he complaining? But, you know, it's a different situation. Yeah. It's a different well, and I'm sure the ratio is a little different on whatever the cuts are. And right. He's mm-hmm. flying around in a private jet so he could afford to give up a little something, I would think. Yeah. But but you know what? An artist like Bruno Mars, when his deal is up, I don't know if he'll renew at those terms. You know what I'm saying? He may no. not renew because yeah, he doesn't need it. You know, what is what are they going to do? Now, it's interesting with you guys because you you're sort of – I mean, you really have had great success here early on. You had a number one radio song, which is unheard of for especially never any happened. band, let an unsigned yeah. band. That's never happened, right? It's never happened to it's an unsigned happened. band on the rock charts. On, yeah. So you had a number one, uh, When I'm Gone, it was, yep. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Number one song on that. And in full transparency, you guys also have a great benefit of a great team with a ton of former label people behind you yeah so it's not like being honest to and transparent to people listening it's not like you guys are out there literally with no support behind you doing this no i mean we have a pretty much a three-person unit with radio promotion booking agent uh manager and i guess attorney and yeah pr too but um yeah we sort of plucked like you know quote unquote in terms of label, the label days, we we kind of plucked like, you know, retired all stars, so to speak, from the label days. You know what I mean? I mean, which not, there's a lot of them out there, right? And they're not retired from working, but from being in the label world. You know, right. our our manager decided to leave his label career ten ten years ago. And anybody that was smart in Did that. in the label world, yeah, is either in management now or at Live Nation or AEG or something. They're still in that, you know, in the business, so to speak, but not. At a label because they're why would right. You, there's yeah. no reason to do it anymore. 
He, he's smart. I mean, I think th- 10 years ago he, he realized that, you know, he, with all the contacts he had from his years in labels, he could shift to getting clients of note. Well, you know, what, well what's happened? What's happened in the whole business is that unfortunately, so many labels have gone away. So many staffs have been greatly reduced. A lot mm-hmm. of people have either left their jobs or quit their jobs. The business is nowhere what it like it business, once, yeah. once was. So a lot of those people still want to work, and they went out and became independents. Basically, yeah. started right. management, started their own. Ra- so you've got a lot of those sort of people out there doing that sort of work now, and in that fuels even more into the question of like i don't know if you can go out and hire a team do you need a deal you if you're a millionaire you don't need a deal right if you're if you're like independently a millionaire if right. you just decide you want to do a music career you you, can you waste don't a need a record deal you if you'll succeed depends on all the other things like is it good is it right for the times i suppose like do you know do you have the right team? But you know. So where do we stand now on February third, twenty twenty, with Dirty Honey? Where do you guys? Where do you stand now? You're on tour right now. Mm-hmm. You're headlining clubs. Mm-hmm. Yep. You've had all these great opening act experiences. You mentioned Guns and Roses and what have you. It's incredible opportunities. What What is the thought now? If the right deal comes, you'll take it. Otherwise, you just stay the course, or are you undecided if you even want to, to have a deal? You know, I say all the time, I don't even know what's going on with those conversations. I think we're pretty insulated from, you know, the label world. You know, I think right. all that gets um, pushed towards our management. And, you know, I, I mean, personally, I know how I feel about it. I don't really care about signing with a label. I don't have any sort of, you know, a good good feeling good or bad or you know I, I don't i don't hold that up to the high standard that i used to you know it's not an essential ingredient to being a successful working no, musician i think, I think it would so. have to be like definitely the right deal and something like a deal that could help us maybe take this globally that's my only question yeah that the question mark over like what can they really do because people love to trash the whole thing be like you don't need a label anymore look at dirty honey you don't need a label like, who needs a label it's like but do you need them if you want to be the biggest band in the world have you guys gone outside America yet and played? Just Canada. So we're going to Australia and Japan um, in March, and we're going to go overseas this year too. But uh, Are those your own shows or opening for someone? Well, you'll have to see. Well, you'll have to wait and see. We'll tell you off air. Yeah. We'll tell you off air what's going well, wait, on. So well, it's can, not announced yet? We can yet? say the – It's not announced yet. The, the oh. Japan one's not announced. Well, those ones are, yeah. yeah. yeah we're doing we're, the festivals. We're doing Download in Japan. Download yep. Festival in Japan. We're doing Byron – Bay Blues Festival. And we're Australia. playing our own club date in Tokyo. And oh yeah, a club date in Tokyo. And what's the what's the interest in the band in those markets since you don't have a deal? Is it just simply been generated by what you put online? There's no Spotify, I'm sure you don't have anybody yeah. over there working YouTube. the record. No, though, right? yeah, we don't yet. No, no one's working the record. Who's the guy over that there? wrote no. the article when we hit number one? There were a lot of Le- was it Left Fits? Left Fits. Left Fits. Yeah, yeah and yeah, he, he sent that. It went everywhere, and then we started getting offers from like different. That countries. actually had a positive effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Left its letter, but you that know was like an internal like business. Because like I think it's a lot a music of, business. A thing, lot yeah. of business people read that, and um, I think yeah, some some of that Japan stuff came in after that. 
Is there a big, the thing you're not talking about, is there something big lined up that you have coming down the pike? Let's say, uh, we're, Mark's we're, got, we're, we're, bugging, every, we're bugging our agent every yeah, day. Yeah, Mark's yeah, we got bugging, a yeah, big yeah, exactly. grin on I know. his face. <laughs> well, we, yeah, we have stuff, we have stu- We have a lot of maybes there for sure, grin-worthy, big time. So, and yeah, it would be uh, not headlining, of course, but. Yeah. We but, were. Uh, but we can't say it. We just can't. Well, the only thing I. Is this in America or outside of America? What's that? That thing that you're... It would be outside of America, yeah. It's... Maybe inside of America, too, if we're lucky. Got well, my fingers crossed. Now he's just having a good time. <laughs> oh, I see. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, I could see it's like a kid on Christmas morning hoping this comes true, because you could see <laughs> it in his face. He's got this, like, grin, like... <laughs> I'm just so excited to, you know, go overseas, especially to Europe, yeah. just because everybody from Slash and Miles Kennedy and the Amazons... And people in Guns N' Roses camp have all just been like, are you guys like, you know, like, You're gonna Europe's going to yeah. love you. Like, they're mm. going to love you. Tremonti was just like, dude, that whole market is going to freak he out. He like sat us down. It's like, get was, over there. Yeah, he was Call like, you your don't agent even know what's going to happen. After we did like four shows with them, with yeah, Alter Bridge. Yeah. And he was just like, go over there. I know you're going to crush. Well, so. because they really, in England especially, really seem to take towards good blues-based hard rock. I yeah. mean, Rival yeah. Sons broke over there way before anybody oh, I, knew who they were here. Yeah, we, Tons of bands When we like first that. checked them out, they were like posting videos from like, you know, Glastonbury, doing like the mid-afternoon set in front of 50,000 people. And then we finally got a chance to see them at like the Echo and it was like 32 dudes right. from like, you know, it was like us. And like, remember? Yeah. It was like no one was there. It was, it was a tiny probably place. 320 dudes in LA, but it was- It awesome. wasn't that many people. That show was sold out for sure. No, there was like room to move my arms out. <laughs> for sure. And the crazy thing about Alter Bridge is that those guys, they're huge in, they're huge, huge. In, 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 they're an it's arena insane. act Dude, it's in insane. England. Yeah. Like they, they headline arenas there. Yeah. I was just telling you, I'm going to see them at the Will Turn in LA on the 24th. Now, the Will Turn's a nice size theater, but it, it those guys are doing arena, like yeah. the Normo Domes as That's a That's what Tremonti's point was to us. He was like, you guys got to get over there. You just don't even understand like how much they're going to like you. So it was all cool. Right. He's all the right. man. Oh, yeah. Mark's all those guys are awesome. Love those guys. He's the best. He was so helpful. We watched him. Uh, we were all together oh, at yeah, Exit 111. Right. We were watching on the side of the stage. Yeah. And he's just. He always wanted to play guitar. He was just he's just a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. All right. And he just won, by the way, Mark just won um guitar player of the decade or something. Did you guys see that? From who? In that. Guitar World. Guitar Magazine. World. Oh yeah, I saw he was on the covers. That's what he got. He, oh, like wow. he literally like guitar player of the decade. I texted him, I go, Congrats. He goes, I think it's a mistake. I don't even know that that that, that happened. But uh he was He knows. The- he actually said that Corey is the only person he's ever met anywhere. That is practicing more than himself I beat as a him. musician. I should be on the cover of Guitar You beat him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should get guitar with the, drum, with the drum set. <laughs> Modern drummer, Corey. There's always that. Hey, I mean, uh, that would be that would be crazy. Be pretty, be Are you, you, you're a practice fiend? You're always playing? Yeah, I try. I mean... I think fiend I try, is a good word. I try really hard, guys. <laughs> is it an, it must be annoying as hell to the other three of you guys when he sets up in the green room I want to yeah. kill myself yeah. <laughs> yeah he's just like for hours yeah forever how by the way how are you traveling now are we do you have a bus is it a van what are we doing 
Are you in a van? A bus, yeah. Is it in a Sprinter van? So this is where the quarter of the way up becomes more apparent. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out the racks to spectrum. We're in the Sprinter. We're in the Sprinter. Sprinter van. Yeah. It's not so bad. It's, it's not, not so like bad. you're in a Volkswagen or... It was bad on that Alter Bridge tour because there were like some eight... It seemed like there was an eight-hour leg every Fa- you know, yeah. other night on that tour. Yeah, and chasing a bus tour in, in, in anything other than a bus is awful. We've, we've realized is awful. <laughs> <laughs> but now that we're headlining, it's planned out for us. We'd show so, up yeah. and Tremonti's like working out. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, we're He's like, like 34, 35, what are you, what are you guys doing? <laughs> well, we slept three hours last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, half his age, tired. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to take a nap, dude. So you haven't had the... You there has not been a dirty honey tour bus yet, huh? No, no, no. man. That might be. The, I feel it's coming though. You know I think what? It's the, close. I think that's yeah. There's but enough I, of a bus, uh, enough of a buzz that the bus is coming. The buzz bus. The buzz bus. Yeah. bus. I think you know what though. That's I what think it's called. Speak, bring Let's it back. Let's get the D on the line right now. What's he doing? How are you on the bus? Call yeah. him up. Come Let's go, up Rock song for Christ's sakes. Mark. He's bound to call anyway. Jesus. <laughs> phone's lighting up right now. <laughs> I think that's the thing. Well, I think a lot of bands that are on labels get that too early, and that's maybe where we're saving money, because labels, if they throw a lot of money to band, they'll be like, well, we'll get you a bus. Which you, you know, you See, get- John wants to pay his dues a little longer. I like that, I do, man. too. I, like, I, I, I know he marked us, too. in my head you know. that we're in, in the van for... Until the end of September, at least, unfortunately, boys. Certainly, we're not so. getting a bus yeah. in Europe. That's for sure. No. Definitely not getting one in Japan and Australia. So, right. yeah, and I think, I think, but you know what I mean. I think that like ours is more accurate to where we're at in terms like our travel scenario than some bands who get on a label and they get the bus. But it's That's they're a- not bringing in that money. They're not bringing in bus money. They're just they're just propping them up. You know. Everybody, look forward to the dirty. Dirty, the Dirty Honey Van Tour 2020 coming your way. <laughs> yeah, we pile people Put it on in that van. We party in that van, man. Yeah, man. It, I mean, it's 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 a tour bus inside. Uh, yeah, well, those Sprinter vans are pretty nice, though. That's yeah. not horrible. So let's talk a little music with these guys, because, of course, that EP's out there. I want to hear. Now, the cover of Last Child, which we had Mark on talking about a couple weeks ago, if that. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that again for people that don't know, but that's out there right now with a video uh, accompanying it. And of course the EP, but I want to I want to know where we're at with some new music. I, I still want because I'm old school. I want a fully realized, sequenced, twelve song album experience from Dirty Honey. Twelve and you, people songs. Have done people are breath. saying this. People and are saying can, this a lot. You too. can include all the EP songs on it. So give me another oh. five or six and flesh it out oh, and okay. sequence uh, yeah. it and give me a record. Oh, that's what I I'm see. looking for. Okay. 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 Yeah, because I've been noticing a lot more people are like really pumped for the full length. Like we've already said, that's what's coming. Look, we can talk about all this stuff about... Love it. <laughs> John can't get over the cough button. You need one on stage. Put it in your pedal board. I want, I want, yeah, I totally Put it on want your that. pedal board. Like, walk up and mute the mic. <laughs> um, we can talk about all we want to talk about with touring opportunities, management, who's behind you, who's not behind you. You can do all that. The bottom line is... Unless you have songs, none of it means shit. And you guys Uh have songs. So I firmly believe that above and beyond anything, and and look, I wouldn't have had you in here almost a year ago just because I know your manager. If if the music sucked, I mean, I have shit coming at me every day. And I'm just like, you find a way to kind of brush it off because you just don't believe in it. You don't think it's any good. So at the end of the day, you got to have the goods 
and you guys clearly have done that. So we're, there's a lot of credit for where, what you've gotten to this point. At the end of the day, it's got to be about the songs. And I think you guys would agree with that. And I think that's why you had the success so far you've had at radio and where, you know, why you're sitting here still in a sprinter van, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but no, making great strides, if we're being honest. So yeah. where do we stand with music? You did the cover of Last Child. And for folks that missed when you were on with me, Mark, about that, which was just recent, uh, talk a little bit about the idea of doing that. Yeah, it came from, uh, we did a gig for Live Nation, just a little showcase gig, and the Amazon content creator guy was there, and he was like, let's do something. And we, we decided to do this thing with Dave Cobb in Nashville, and um, it couldn't have been a better marriage, honestly. Like, the feedback has been incredible so far, so... You know that was that was just sort of how, the short story of how it happened, and uh, we flew out there just before Christmas, and you know we we decided on Last Child because we've been doing it in our live set for a while. We we wanted to do it to honor Slash when we were out with him the first couple shows we really ever did for anybody, and uh, yeah, it's a song we all love. So I was going to ask you, there's a lot of great Aerosmith songs, but why that one? Uh, yeah, uh, I looked up some when we first opened. Did you just say this? When we first I didn't up, say that. Yeah, the, when yeah, we first opened up for Slash, um, I think he he wanted to do uh, Mama Ken, and I I was like, well, they kind because of, they did it, you know, Guns GNR, did it. Yeah. yeah. And then I thought maybe that was like too on the nose, and I've always thought Last Child was a great sleeper. I know that was probably a single back in the day. We but, were doing Draw the Line too yeah, to start. We were already and, and we. That we, wasn't our choice. It's yeah. a cool song. I love that. And probably one of the better ones. Probably one of the better ones on that record too, right? I think Last Child really fits our personality as a band. Yeah, yeah, I would say it, that it, too. I would agree. And, There's yeah. a little bit of funk in there, and it's just it's just a great song. But then I looked up that um, that Slash's favorite record was Rocks, and that most likely his favorite song was, or he had been quoted somewhere that Last Child. He loved that song. I was like, let's do that if we're going to do a little nod to him mm. as we open for him you know mm. rather than do mama can because they you know because he does it already yeah. or did it you, you know? can't do a gun song opening for slash no, sure yeah no, yeah no, no. i, I wanted to show that we have our own taste like hey we know right you know we know the records too i remember too yeah. when we the first gig we ever did with him was in phoenix and you know i said that little anecdote about learning it or whatever and John launched into the intro, which is a pretty iconic intro that's kind of under the radar, its own masterpiece. Yeah. But uh, I just remember, like, probably two dozen people in the crowd, like, giving hoots and hollers to hear that we were doing that. Like, it was such a cool surprise. So I was yeah. like, oh my God, like, people really do know this song because it's not. It's not a, a single. single. I don't even really. think it ever was a single, but. It somehow has. We got more. It's it's more memorable or remembered. Brad Whitford's yeah. song, by the way, people yeah. don't realize that Brad Whitford wrote some unbelievable stuff early on with Aerosmith, including Last Child, as far with Tyler, of course. But that's the whole album rocks. I mean, throw a dart in that whole album, top to bottom, you could pretty much do some great anything. Yeah. I was just at the Aerosmith Music Cares thing in L.A. last week, and I saw. Um, was that pop artist Ed that I told you did Home Tonight? I was floored by. Oh, the UK pop artist Jessie J. Yes, like she went deep and did Home Tonight. I was like, really? This was wild that she did that. And licking a promises on there and sick as a dog. And how yeah. was Gavin DeGraw? I can't find any video of that. I want to see. He that. was good. He was real good. He's awesome. I don't know why they don't shoot that whole thing. I don't know either. And televise it, but he did. Um, 
What he did song? what it takes. He did what it takes, but the way he introduced it was great because Steven Tyler's sitting right in front of him at a table, and I'm a few tables back, and, and Gavin DeGraw comes out and he goes, okay, everybody, now you're going to hear a great song sung a half step lower <laughs> and a lot worse or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and, Humble then, pie, yeah. and then he went and he sang it really well, and then he actually went out in the audience and put the mic in front of Tyler, and he effortlessly just knocked out a verse sitting there <laughs> nice. like with a dinner roll in front of him. I would love to see a video of that because I heard it was awesome. I don't know why they don't televise that Music Cares thing. I don't know either. It's, it's actually in some ways a lot cooler than the Grammys itself. I mean, it's just – I thought it was such – it was such – as such a huge Aerosmith fan, it was such a cool thing for me to be at. It was the first one I ever went to, but it was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Mark, Justin, John, Corey, Dirty Honey in the studio hanging out with me on this Monday. Heard from so many people since you guys first did this show who said that, uh, hey, thanks for turning me on to the, to Dirty Honey. I'm so into the way. band. Yeah, so that's cool. That's how it's supposed to work. That shows you guys are doing your job, too, because... I could easily heard from those same people like the band sucks. <laughs> yeah. No, everywhere we go, we get heard you on any trunk. Yeah, cool. So yeah, a lot of that. Yeah. So that so go see the guys. They're on tour now. Go to the website wherever you're listening. DirtyHoney.com. Find a date. How much longer are you out for on this run? We're out till February 28th. It all culminates with a hometown show at the El Rey Theater in L.A. That's already sold out. That's on the 28th. Mm-hmm. Wow, you gonna stick around? Good. I can't. Come I on, would man. like to, man. That would be cool to we see. We got another that. one on the Just 27th. Stick around, dude. Uh, now, see, I'm leaving on the 26th. You're getting closer. Yeah. Jeez. All right, so my program director just walked by the glass. Yeah. If he's willing to pay the change fee on my plane ticket. Serious <laughs> 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 XM just bought ex- Pandora, man. And Make the it. extra day at the hotel or two, then I'm in. I'm All in. Right. But anyway, so El Rey, that's where it ends, and then maybe this big mystery tour that we're you're hoping for is magical happen. magical mystery magical tour. Magical mystery yeah. tour. Yep. All right. All right. Now, where are we at with music? Because the five five songs on the EP mm-hmm. now the Aerosmith cover is out there. Mm-hmm. Have you guys been writing on the road all this yeah. time? Is there more stuff getting ready to be recorded? Where yeah. are we at? There's bootleg videos of some new stuff out on YouTube right now that. Uh, we were pretty pumped, actually. We we performed the song the first night of the tour in Austin. This one of the new ones. Um, and the next day, these two kids, like probably I don't know, sixteen years old or whatever, pulled out their Gibsons and they had like a learn the tune contest on Instagram between themselves. Yeah, it was like it was really cool. So yeah, they uh, covered that. Somebody already nailed the the um, the solo, the Aerosmith solo. Of my version of it. Oh, really? Yeah, some some kid posted it. I reposted it. It was great. So wait, now that you're doing headline club shows, what is the set made up of? Considering you've got officially released five songs, six, six. seven, seven. Well, seven, the, the cov- five original songs. No, seven well, originals. Seven originals actually, because we we added "Break You" got added. That was like a next release, and we had had an old independent release of "Fire Away." Okay, so, so you've got seven. Still, that's not a full headline set. No, but we add. We add two to three of the new ones that we're working up, plus the cover. Okay. And then we all take yeah. solos. And then we all take solos, too, man. Mark talks We're giving the show away now. But. <laughs> Mark talks a lot. <laughs> yeah. Mark talks a lot. Mark, so, what are you doing up there? You got, <laughs> I've, I've, I've accumulated uh, some, some 
great knowledge, wisdom, and experience from uh, various rock stars along this short journey so far. So I can share some of that. But are you are you are you spending a lot? Are you talking between the songs, or are there like is it the breakdown in the song and then he? <laughs> no, a lot no. Of but, uh, yeah. you know what? No, it's it, it flows really well. I mean, you know, it's a it's a club show, so we're only we're doing about an, anywhere from like an hour five to an hour fifteen, depending on how ambitious we get. Um, yeah. We've also expanded some of the songs for like jam sections, mm-hmm. and I think our audience is happy with it. And you know, because it's a growth from anything they've seen. First, it was like thirty minutes, and then I think that little headlining run we did—it's like forty-five. It was like a forty-five. We always went over, but it wasn't as long as this one. So they're getting longer and longer. You know, it's just. But to answer your question, yeah. we are definitely playing some new music at the shows, and it's yeah. going over incredibly well. That's the is freaking out. What's next on the agenda after the tour is we're going to go to Australia and. Uh, Make the next record. You want to make it in Australia? Well, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where we. That's where we made the last one. You recorded the previous songs in Australia. Mm-hmm. Oh, I you didn't, didn't know that. that. Yeah. You didn't know that. No, why? Yeah. That's where that's, Nick the that's deal where lives. Nick lives. Nick lives in Australia. Yeah. Byron Bay, Australia, the worst place in the world. Just kidding. It's fucking awesome. Paradise. It's amazing. Yeah. Are you serious? I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah. It's, incre- it's incredible, and it's a getaway. Like we, we get this, you know, we get it's like a, a real getaway. It's a awesome. serious I know, getaway, serious man. getaway. But it's you know, it, it's worth it. And um, yeah, you get to no distractions. You I didn't realize day. that he's he was based and working out of there. Yeah, he so went, had a studio there. Or something? Yeah, he has a studio there. He went there like maybe like fifteen, twenty years ago, or fifteen years ago, or something. And wow. he started producing one of their biggest acts, Powderfinger. Powderfinger that didn't. Really make it to America, but over there they were like arena. Stadium Didn't he do level. Silver Chair? Did he do Silver Chair? I don't think he did that. I don't think he oh, did okay, that. Okay, because no. that was an Australian, big Australian thing. Back yeah, Nick. Uh, he randomly, I can't remember the song, but he's done some one hit wonder too from like the late nineties that we we all know the song, but I'm, it could have been like, it's like I can't, I don't remember I know who it was, but he about. said that. And I was like, wait, you produced that? It's just a one off thing. I was like, wow, oh, that was huge. You know, female. Hit from like the late. 90s. No, it was a, I think it was a male band. Was it? Yeah, they're not gonna remember. But uh, yeah, Nick. No, we uh, we were crunching numbers about studios. We were gonna go to Detroit at one point and record with, you know, the Greta Van Fleet yeah. team, and we were kind of hesitant about that to begin with. And then the opportunity with Nick came about, and I started crunching numbers on flights, Airbnb. You know, he's giving us a studio for free, obviously, and his time, which is super well, valuable. Not but um, free. on spec, as we say. <laughs> yes. Is. Yes. But the uh, back yeah. end is a bitch, boys. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. a lot no, he, of people, he, he, a lot of money. Us, he tossed us a great deal. He, he he believed in the band. He said, "Oh, let's make the record and go go get the use the record, to go get the money to pay us with it." You know, and which so we did. which we did, right? And um, was that was great. kind of another element of the magic dust that we felt's kind of been on this whole project of just people like him of such a his stature being and his brother being so in on it. You know, so. If you had to go in the studio now, are you ready material-wise or are you still writing? We could do another five-song EP. I mean, we're in the same place right now as as we were for the EP, but you yeah. know, I think we're a little more ambitious this time around. There's like there's no um there's no lack of material and our manager will be happy to hear that cuz he's yeah. bugging us every day, but <laughs> yeah. he, he doesn't know what's on the, the way, phones yeah. and getting circulated. Are you, yeah. Do you write on we the have, road? Yeah, we oh, write yeah. on the road. We're just always working stuff out. Stuff bubbles. It's like stages. You know what I mean? Sound it starts check. with two. Yeah, a lot we, of things. We'll just start jamming or whatever and things will arise out of out of that too. Yeah, I think one on Rose the other day. You were like, that's definitely my style with the slide. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's just the stuff. But that's what will start. It might live there for a little while. We just come sometimes like um, we got a riff that we all decide we love and we play it for a while and we never get past that riff for a bit. But then we got we all said another one that you never know which one's going to like sort of get the next part and get to finished first. But as long as we just keep we keep stopping in with all of them and then they, they just build up, you know. So in the very, very, I'm going to go around the horn, and um, we're also super picky. That's why it's well. That's you know, why yeah. you, you got to self-edit, yeah. man. So you're good. Yeah. That's why you're good. So we're going to start with Corey before he dozes off over there. <laughs> but I want, I want to, <laughs> I want to go around the around the horn here. We got Corey engaged. Mark left the light on upstairs at the Airbnb, so it's keeping me up all night. So are you doing Airbnbs on the road on the tour? God forbid. Uh, you, guys, you do fall asleep with the like, he falls asleep. Yeah, with stuff. Well, I like I like the dingers on his cell phone and laptop. Literally. I'm listening to Sirius XM. Stern is on as I sleep. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So you you so you leave your phone. Them, you so don't mute your phone shit. when you go to bed? No, it's not about muting my phone. I literally listen to Howard Stern as I'm sleeping. Like it's very soothing. But is <laughs> is there insane. Um, Yeah, the guy's like <laughs> he does not have a soothing voice, by the way. Yes, he does. <laughs> but wait a minute. Now this is this is so hold on. So are you guys Airbnb on the tour? In, in New York sometimes. Are, sometimes. Mostly it's uh Marriott. Mostly Shout out to Marriott, hook me up. <laughs> um <laughs> mostly it's hotels. Okay. Yeah. So because like you need to have something going on to go to sleep is what you're saying. Yeah, especially after a show when I'm standing next to his opposite. fucking guitar amp. <laughs> I mean, us he's more next to it than you are. See, I'm the Still. guy. Like I'm in hotels constantly. My first move when I get in a hotel room, unplug that I need, the, the the thing, the clock with the lights and all that shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I always do that because some shut idiot the, will always have set it at six a.m. and you don't realize it. You ever had that yeah. move? Oh, that, happen, that they, happens to us all the time. The person in the room before you set it for eternal six a.m. wake put up. The do not disturb. No, I just pull it right door. out of the wall. Because the, that thing will go yeah. off. You don't even know how to readjust it's it or whatever. It's got to be silent and pitch black. Yes. But but I need <laughs> something on to fall asleep to. So the Earplugs. first thing I'm looking for is a sleep timer on the TV. Because mm-hmm. my move is 60 minutes, no matter how late, how tired, on the TV. I don't want it on all night. But I want something in the background flashing and hearing and that shuts me down. That, that blue light wave, though, man, it's messing with you. It's not letting you get a rest. Corey, if Corey doesn't get sleep. 14 hours of like deep <laughs> REM sleep, <laughs> he can't function. It's true. That's why he's yeah. still sleeping now. And he it's loves sleep. Yeah. 10. Yeah. Yep. I've literally, I room with him. I've never seen anybody sleep. Like This guy is a rock. And you can, Corey, you can sleep through everything? No. Not our TMs. Not our TMs. That's Corey's super into MMA, right? So one night, <laughs> I forget where we were in the middle of nowhere. One night we're at the hotel and I like got up to go to the bathroom and <laughs> Corey fucking was in a deep sleep and he must have just sensed I was or in his space. I wasn't, but uh, I was just going to the bathroom and he just sensed me and just Full on woke up and was in a full kung fu stance, <laughs> screaming at me like I was some sort of intruder. I was like, "Wait, no, you're into me. MMA? Can you do MMA? Like, do you, mean, are you? I'm, are you? I'm like very much a beginner or whatever, but I've I've like spent a year or so training. Well, because Mark just had you in a very threatening stance. So, Did, oh, he was, I mean, yeah, he's got I mean, a threatening like, stance. Yeah. Didn't, didn't Mark climb into bed with you and cuddle you one night? Also, yeah, yeah, Nashville. Was so he doesn't uh, remember. I don't remember this at all. I still it don't definitely think it's true. happened. I, it, that also <laughs> weirded me out. But then I just was accepted of it. I was like, I, I guess. Well, I guess this is what it is. So you guys spooned all night. Yeah. That's so nice. No, so it was like, like a minute. Was it? A, it was like thirty seconds, probably. What was your? Do you? I feel like you had a question. No, well, I'm getting to it, but now I'm just curious of all the 
the quirks everybody has on the road. Because <laughs> oh, no. I got to go with the sleep timer. But there's yeah. there's people that want shit running all night. Yeah, like nah. I've roomed with my friends. Like no. the TV's got to stay on all night. Or like you're saying, Corey, blackout, quiet, cold, whatever. I'm somewhere yeah. in the middle. I need something. And then once I'm shut down, I want everything to go off on its own. And But my problem is, even if I've only been sleeping like two hours... If I'm woken up, my mind starts immediately and I can't the, shut the it the down. Get the breathing happening then. Can't shut it down. Got to get the breathing. That's Focus I on your breathing. I had to do it last pills, night. Corey. I had to fucking do it last night. It was <laughs> pissing me off. I'm like, we got to get up early and do all this shit. And get up early. 9.15 a.m. That's early. <laughs> we had to leave by 9.15. <laughs> I had to get up at nine. Listen yeah. to Mark. I'm with you guys. Anything story before noon is too early for me, so I'm with you 100%. That's what it was. I was surprised because you, you were the first one up. I got to make my coffee. Yeah. I my, got, I got my it. coffee. My coffee. <laughs> I right. brought it. So here's the question as we go around the horn, and we'll start with Corey. No one now cares he's about awake. My coffee. <laughs> now that he's awake, yep. All right, go so on. far in this very, very early history of Dirty Honey, the personal career highlight for each of you, for you, Corey, a gig, a moment, a show. Something. Uh, I mean, off the top of my head, the first thing that comes to mind is like young kids just starting to play and come up to me or whatever, and they're like, oh man, I really love your drumming. I'm trying to play more like you and whatever. And for me, that's the highlight, I guess. Is that having an influence the, already on up and coming players. Yeah, and it's like having this weird like full circle or starting to feel like a full circle thing. You know, like I was the super young kid starting out and idolizing Joey Kramer and Alex Van Halen, all these guys, and now it feels like I'm sort of, I mean, knock on wood or whatever, but it feels like I'm getting a taste of stepping into that role a little bit, and that's pretty weird Nice, and crazy. John, besides <laughs> the discovery of the cough button today, uh, what would be your... <laughs> yeah, continue. <laughs> what would be the highlight for you so far? Uh, the absolute highlight. Oh, I, I'm not the guy who can do one, so I'm going to do a couple. The first show in Phoenix opening for Slash, I remember Mark swung his microphone out and everybody roared up. And that was like, I was like, and knowing that, I was like, Slash can hear me playing guitar right now. That was like, I was geekier on that than than hearing him in a way. And I was um, that gave me chills though on stage. I may even got a little misty. Like I was like, I looked down. I was like, Did he come out? This is happening. No, I mean he didn't show himself. But I mean that particular dressing room was like right there. You know, Uh, another put his hat on your amp. Yeah, yeah. Just it wasn't there when we started, and then he reminded me of who 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 God is. We're actually allowed nowhere near the hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Can't even look at the hat. (laughs) Another highlight, like Corey. Um, actually, and then almost you know a year later, almost. Um. Actually, probably a year later, uh, we're opening for Guns N' Roses, and this kid who um, is a fan of ours came down from, I think, Seattle, and he's a guitar player, and he's like 16, and he was just like, and he really meant it. He was like, I'm serious about what you're doing guitar-wise on this record. It's like, he's like, I'm not, like, you're my newest hero. He's like, it's, it's literally, he was literally like, it's Jimmy Page, Slash, and then you. And I was like... And I almost got misty-eyed because he really meant it. And his mom was there and we took a picture and he was geeking a little bit. But he was a cool kid. He's already leathered out and rocker. And I think that was just like, wow, this is like a real – what we're doing here is like bigger than just self-serving. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's heavy. Justin, what do you got? 
Uh, that Phoenix show, also, I'll, I'll give two. Um, but yeah, standing backstage before the Phoenix show, and it was sold out, and I was standing next to John, and we kind of yeah. looked at each other, and you know, we'd been working together for several years, and we were like, wow, I think this is what we set out to do, and we're doing it. And Slash is both of like huge heroes of ours, so we were yeah. freaking out. Um, and then also, we opened up for The Who last year, and that was our first arena show, and I was like backstage on the phone with my girlfriend, and Pete Townsend like walked out. Um, off stage, and he pointed at me. He was like, "Walk, well, come over here." And I was like, "Babe, I gotta go. I gotta go." Pete Towns was pointing at me, and I walked over to him, and he's like, "Oh, you look like a musician." Which he I didn't thought, know you were in the opening. He, act. he did not know I was in the opening act. <laughs> Can but I, I see your like, pass, please? Yeah. But the fact that he thought I looked like a musician, I was like, "Okay, I'm at least doing something right." Right. You sold the look. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you can play or not. Justin, I, Justin actually had some people just. Take a picture with them down, uh, in, down the in the lobby. Yeah, lobby here, and I'm like, they definitely don't know. I'm they, dirty know they probably think I'm Slash or something. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what the best thing about that is, and this this happens to me a lot because, um, you know, I I occupy the probably the if there's a D list, I'm on the like the Z list, like the lowest level of celebrity. But when I go into a restaurant or something, if it's somebody that used to watch my TV show or whatever it is. I'll go in a restaurant and there will be like 150 people, say, total in the room eating. And two of them will recognize me because they're rock fans, right? Right. And you'll see them talking and then they'll come over and like, hey, man, can we get a picture? So you stand up in the middle of the restaurant and you take the photo and then you watch as the other 148 people try to figure out yeah, who you the are, heck you are. <laughs> why they're asking you to take a picture. And just in case they figure it out later and you're someone they care about – should they get a picture mm-hmm. too, just to cover themselves? Mm-hmm. I've had that happen. <laughs> so, the, to, so maybe four other people will then come up as I'm leaving. And go, hey, we don't really know who you are, but can we get a picture too, just in case? Mm-hmm. So you are kind of in that same situation. Totally, like, yeah. you look like a rock guy. So let me just make sure I'm covered and get the shot now. Did Pete? Ta- did you tell Pete Townsend? I'm, oh, I was I'm in like your opening act. Yeah, I was like, I'm in the opening bed. He's like, oh, cool. Well, Live Nation picks all the beds. I, I hope I like you. Oh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Bittersweet ending, but still. <laughs> yeah. give, time, him credit, give him credit that, for transparency. You know what? It would be better if he just didn't. And I, he told yeah, us. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. love that even more. Oh, man. That story. time Pete Johnson was like, I don't really know. I hope you guys are good. Don't screw it up. Yeah, but you like, know what? His, <gasps> their, their manager like loved us afterwards, and we were hanging out. Yeah, Bill Kirby. Le- le- legendary guy. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was literally calling up the Dia being like, oh, I think I'm going to take your band, you know, steal them and. Yeah, he was he was awesome. He was awesome. Nice. And he introduced us to Roger also. It was nice. a cool night. All right, Mark. I have a pretty easy one because it just happened. But uh, thanks to these guys and what we've accomplished, and you know, in in this last year, uh, there was a Gibson event at Nam uh, right before we started the tour, and Slash's manager asked me. He was like, "Hey, I need you to." You know, would you be available on February sixteenth? I think it was to to at sing the Grove. at the Grove, yeah. and I was like, uh, for, for you know, for what? And he's like, well, I, you know, it's been hard to find singers. You know, slash, you know, seems to really like you and likes likes what you do, and I'd like you to perform a couple of songs with us at this Gibson event. And I was like, oh yeah, I was like, I didn't know he just wanted me, and he was like, we need a singer, like we need a singer in L.A. to come do this thing. And I was like, okay, so wound up singing Last Child and. Whole lot of love with Slash and Billy Gibbons and Kenny Arnoff and Daryl Jones, Crazy. Ray Stones. It was Crazy. an insane lineup, and uh, got to spend some time with with Slash backstage. And he's just like, 
said so many nice things about the band and obviously has been supportive of what we're doing by virtue of just taking us out several times now. And mm. um, I could, uh, yeah, I could die now and be a happy man just having those memories. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's already Any more than I Any concern that the other three of you, that your lead singer's favorite moments so far had nothing to do with either <laughs> the three of you? That's pretty standard, honestly. <laughs> that's why I, that's we why see I cracks it. already in the fabric happening here? What's going on? Well, Mark we likes figured, to walk way ahead yeah, of us. We figured we're we weren't in anyway. <laughs> Listen, I'm from New York. I love New York City. Everybody else, John's from rural Maine. Yeah. Corey's from Portland. But, you know, like I rural. said, he likes to sleep. Justin's from LA. His pace is way below my we pace. We drive everywhere. Uh, yeah. Listen, I'm walking around New York City. I'm having a good time. I got a New York Pizza pace Gaga here. shout out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, I took these guys to Print Street Pizza, right? Before our last gig in New York City. It was City. too thick. And they're complaining Sucked. to me about Print Street Pizza. It- they go to this dump in Midtown and get a dollar slice or whatever. Some shit all and they're like you don't want to do the 99 cent places they're terrible okay wait but wait what's the best pizza in New York Eddie god there's so what's much what's your favorite well I live in New Jersey so I could tell you more about New Jersey mm-hmm. I don't have but we're in staying this. in Jersey we're, we're, we're in, Jersey. in Jersey City uh, I'm, not, I'm not near there uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't have to tell us where you okay, live no, no, yeah. no, let, me t- let me tell you what uh, a, a, a sleeper place here in New York that I love that's right by Madison Square Garden on the corner. It's called New York Pizza Suprema. It's oh, walking yeah. distance. It's I think I've killer. actually been there. That's really, yeah. really a there, great slice over there. I'm going to the game tonight. Go Rangers, baby. Are you Are going you to go? the game? I'm definitely going to the game. Going to the spa, baby. <laughs> You're going to sleep. <laughs> You're going to sleep. you got, <laughs> you got to get 14 hours in right <laughs> yeah. now, Corey. Come on. I need to go You're to Zen out and go to bed <laughs> as soon as possible. <laughs> all right. yeah. Well, something tells me the next time we shall all reconvene... And we'll have, have you bus. sitting here in the studio. We'll have the you'll bus have a bus. full album, and you'll be talking about debauchery on the bus. I, yeah. and, and Corey's going to have his own private sleeping quarters. Yeah. He's going to need and one, he's yeah. Because like in a, in a, in I'm going ham when we get a bus. Yeah. <laughs> your your question was, let me reiterate, but your personal I know, musical no, 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 I'm achievement. I'm busting your balls. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm busting your balls. That's a, you know, I, was, I went to that party last year. Right. This year I couldn't because I was actually in L.A. but doing this show from the Rainbow that night. It was definitely better this year. I saw, I I went last year and it was Peter Frampton and he was awesome. I agree. I was there too. It was, he was, it was so good. Nancy Wilson played. Jared James Nichols. Yeah. It was it was. Jared killer. James was there this year. He's awesome too. Yeah, yeah. what a great player. There, the last thing talking about Jared James Nichols. Talking about you guys. To me, I'm so excited about the young up and coming rock thing happening. Me right too. Now. It's definitely happening, man. It's happening. I feel it. I need. I hope a couple of them really break through. But I would like to see maybe three or four of bands like you guys at your level, maybe cu- double, triple up and go out on like a sponsored tour, like the awesome. new emerging wave of rock vibe I mean, or something. it should happen. It yeah. should. It should. It, everybody point, pull know. the resources. It it's, would be cool to see that happen. The problem Who, is, though, managers will, managers never, will never let it happen. They all want your band to be special. and it's right. like, you know, It's like Led Zeppelin didn't do Woodstock because Peter Grant was like, well, then we'll just be another band yeah no, we're not doing it yeah you know? no i know there's that, politics yeah. and ego and all that gets in in the way but i think it would be a good time for that to happen it would be great if if everybody could just come together so yeah to speak. I, I feel it happening man i mean there's like the, there's such a great mix of people coming to our shows specifically from like super young to teens to 
you know, 20s, and then, you know, and then obviously you get the nostalgic rock fans, but um, the rock thing is, like, definitely happening. So maybe we'll get it on the Grammys next year. Yeah, a young, a young girl came up to me and was like, my dream show is you and Greta, she said Vaughn, it was pretty funny, Greta Von Fleet. I mean, I don't know if that's my, you know, but right. the, the, the young fans are definitely paying attention to all the bands in that corral, you know? Well, if I don't see you sooner and I don't get to stay in L.A., I will see you at Rocklahoma because I host that every year and you guys are on that bill. We're going to be back here in uh, April. Oh, okay. So before that, maybe. Yeah. All right, cool. Guys, great to see you. Thanks and so much for having me. success. You yeah. know, you're welcome anytime. I'm rooting for you all the way. Uh, keep kicking ass out there. Corey, good luck getting sleep. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> You're going to need the luck. <laughs> John's shout out of a cannon. Corey's dozing off. <laughs> exactly. Thanks to the guys from Dirty Honey. Always great to visit with them. We'll come back with my second interview. Another newer, younger, emerging rock artist. It's Tuck Smith. Just added to the stadium tour as the opening act. We'll get to Tuck after this. This This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. The Adam Carolla Show. It's the number one daily downloaded podcast in the world. And you've got to check it out. Catch up with some of Adam's latest interviews featuring James Carville, Paulie Shore, and Rob Hubel. Adam's bringing you his daily rants, antics, and musings with a side of comedy. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast apps so you get new episodes every week. This This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Tuck Smith is the name of the artist recently added to the stadium tour, and he has a single and video out for a great song called What Kind of Love, and I thought it'd be great to learn a little bit about his story, especially if you're going out to that tour this coming summer and you want to know who the opening act is. Well, here he is to tell you all about himself. His name is Tuck Smith on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Tuck, pleasure to meet you, man. How are you? You too. Thanks for having me, man. Stoked to be here. I am, uh, well, I'm glad to have you, and uh, I've had a chance to hear your entire record, and it's really, really good. I really enjoy it. Great songs, and that is coming out exactly when? I think it's going to come out sometime during the summer with with the stadium tour, probably June or July. Okay, so there's no set exact release date for the full album just yet. Not yet, but I think the plan is we're going to do singles every six to eight weeks. The next single is going to be March 6th. So just tons of content coming out leading up to that Motley Crue tour. All right, so for you, for a lot of people, Tuck, they're just hearing about you for the first time, even though I know you've got quite a history in rock music already. Uh, the band The Biters was, was uh, your band, and that band is now on, would you say, hiatus? Is that the best way to describe what happened to Biters? Well, yeah, make a long story short, not kind of getting into it. I think it would just be done until one day I think I, we, sh- we should do a reunion. But, you know, I kind of had to put it to bed for good. Um, and starting the solo thing was just kind of like a labor of love. I had really no intentions of how far, how big it was going to go. As far as I had was I'm just going to make a record. So fast forward 18 months and here I am. It's a big jump. 
How for for people, you know, with the with first of all, was it the name of the band The Biters or just Biters? I was always confused by that. Uh we just called it Biters, but you know, the Ramones, the Clash, you just kind of right. don't know if it's the or not. So, yeah. Right. Okay. So it's interesting because before we talk about what's going on now, that band was a band I heard a lot about from a lot of people. And I know you got some pretty good press in, in England and what have you, but they're, but it's a band I never really personally heard and connected with just because it was never really worked to me. And I just, it just kind of escaped me, but, but it was a band that so many people that know me said, Hey, you would really like these guys. So I really do want to go back and revisit the music, but in a nutshell, wh- why did that band have to be put to, 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 be- to bed? Did I read that it was something to do with uh, business stuff and label stuff or t- what yeah, can you tell it, us it, about it, that? It was- it was kind of like a legal thing. And again, I don't really want to get into it, but it, it was kind of a, a lot of fighting with the label. And I just, it is, it is what it was. And for me to continue, I kind of had to go solo. Uh, m- many, many things were fighting against us with that band. And uh, it was just the best thing to do. You guys all based out of Atlanta, right? Uh, the biters were uh, mostly out of Atlanta, but a couple Baltimore and this new group that I put together, half Nashville, half Atlanta. So kind of transplant bands. Okay. So for you as an artist, when you consider the biters and where things all began, how many years do you already have in, in the business of rock trying to get this thing going? Oh oh God. I mean, I've toured, I've had three vans with over 300,000 miles just for the States. (laughs) I've toured Europe so many times. I've slept on so many floors, ate Subway so many times. It's been such a long, exhausting road, and I feel like it's almost like a long time coming to start getting the shot. I I feel like I put in the work to get a shot, and and it doesn't feel a surprise. I'm just super stoked for the opportunity and grateful, and I'm super happy rock and roll is starting to come around. So maybe I just hung around long enough for it to come back. How old were you when you first started? Biters, young, early early twenties. Early twenties, and how old are you now? Late twenties. I'm old enough to have been destroyed by this industry. Yes. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but that's a hell of an answer, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, but you do it for love, right? It's rock and roll. <laughs> I mean that's a that's a hell of an answer, but yeah. Well, well, you know what though? But yeah, you do it for love and you do it for rock and roll. But that's what and and look, I I wish you nothing but the greatest success, and I hope that we're at a point now in a year or two from now where everybody's talking about Tuck Smith. But the thing is, is that that's really like that really shapes you, man. That really molds you. That really all all the great bands that we all grew up loving. They all, it all. They you hear those stories from all of them. That that struggle really goes into creating real artists, in my opinion. I agree. I don't want to listen to somebody sing a song to me that that's never suffered a day in their life. I I think it does add something. If you you know Tom Petty, John Lennon, David Bowie, they all had their trials and tribulations. It really helps with writing though, because you have stories and experiences to write about, and. I don't want to get off the subject too much, but when I, when I wrote this record, I didn't have really any outside influence, the producer and the label. They didn't want me to go write with a bunch of pop songwriters. So uh, for the most part, this is all the songs are real. They're not contrived. It wasn't a bunch of people sitting around in a room saying, blue, what rhymes with blue? True. Okay. So 
the intent of this record was to try to be as authentic as possible for better or worse. Well, let's talk about this record. So we're going to, we already have one song, which I will play when we're done with the interview for everybody to hear what kind of love, which is catchy as hell. So, okay. So you put your original band that for people that do know you biters that you put that on the shelf. And I agree. Look, man, nothing, nothing screams increased interest in anything than if you can shelve it for four or five years, because then you come back to it and suddenly there's all this great interest. So I have no doubt you'll have that play somewhere down the line, even with the level of success you achieved with those guys. But now you're focused on your own thing and you're out there doing it. When did you first start putting together this record and setting out as a solo artist? When, do, when was that decision made? And tell me about the creative process of making the record. Well, I think that as things were starting to deteriorate with biters on every aspect, I knew that I, I wanted to continue playing music. I don't have any life skills. And I'm like, I'm going to have to go, I don't, I don't know, whatever, stock groceries or whatever. And I really knew that I had to <clears throat> keep going. And like I said, the goal was just to make a record. Didn't know how far I was going to get. So I'm, I'm always writing and always writing. And when the biters, finally, I was cleared legally to kind of go do what I needed to do. I was, uh, and my manager met a guy named Rob Cavallo. And he's a great producer. And he, he was like, hey, are you looking for a rock guy? And Rob was like, yeah, of course. He's like, well, I got this guy, Tuck, I'm managing. He played in the Biters. You should hear him. So at that point, I'm always writing all the time at my home demo. And I, and I usually do fully produced demos at my house that sound really good. You program drums and everything, but you get the picture. And uh, I just started kind of putting money on my credit card and, and taking a leaps of faith to go out to L.A., and I met Rob uh, Cavallo, and when we left the, the meeting, I told my manager, I said, I don't think this guy really gives a crap about me. He's not interested. And my manager said, let's see what happens. So about two hours later, Rob called me, said, hey, man, why don't you come over to my house and, and play me some songs? So I went to his house with an acoustic guitar, just sat down in his little music room, and What Kind of Love was the first song I played for him, just acoustic and chords, Mellencamp style he was like, oh, man, that is, that is great. What else you got? So I just started playing him stuff kind of acoustic. And he, he really enjoyed it and liked it, that it was kind of its own thing. And I just developed the relationship and, and kept going from there. And that's how now, it for those that For those that don't know, Rob Cavallo is a, a major uh, producer at Green Day, tons of other stuff I know that he's done throughout his career. Why did you think he initially didn't like you after you met with him? Uh I don't know, because he was just kind of talking to me and feeling me out. And he wasn't like, oh, let's get together, let's get together. I kind of left the interview open-ended with no plans. So, so it was kind of odd to me. And then I got the call back a couple hours later. And I was like, okay, he was just feeling me out. That was all. Yeah, and do you almost feel like, because I've been in these experiences before in a different area of the business, but do you almost feel like you kind of wanted to, to have that and then see – because you don't want to waste your time working with people who aren't really engaged with wanting to work with you. So you want to see if they take the initiative to come back to you or they're just blowing smoke. There's always that sort of test too, I think. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I, you know, you just don't know. I was in his office and there's a green Bay plaque that covered the entire wall with platinum records, like 15 platinum or whatever. So it was a little bit, daunting i'm like i wonder what this guy thinks of me I, i'm curious so um but it all worked out 
Yeah, no, the reason why I bring that parallel up is because, you know, I go to L.A. once a month myself, and being in radio and TV, I've had people want to come and, like, you know, represent me, and I've all these agents will come up, and they'll give me their card and work for these big agencies, and I'll say, oh, yeah, here's my number. If you're interested, give me a call, and I just see see if they even take the initiative to call, and yeah. 99% of the time, they don't call, so I'm like, I really don't need these people in my life. If they're not even engaged <laughs> enough to follow through on what they're going to do, I'm not I'm not going to waste my time because I don't need it. So it's it, it's almost like I sensed a little bit of that could go on, especially with artists like yourself that have been through the mill. Hey, are these people really going to be engaged and care about what I'm doing, or they're just blowing smoke? Because there's plenty of people that blow smoke. Of co- of course, yeah. You never know anybody's intentions. Uh, you're 100 percent right. But I mean, yes. he he became fully engaged, so I, I lucked out on that one. And as far as the writing of the songs, did you work with other people or did you write everything yourself? So I wrote probably 40 songs for this record. Uh, and I was just to fatigue. I was working sick. I have a studio at my house, just pissing in bottles, not even getting up. Just because I wanted the song so bad. I was like, I got to make this great. So after I wrote the initial huge batch of songs, I wanted to go write with some of my friends, some of the people I've met along the way and one of those guys was keith nelson from buck cherry and oh my, my god that's what, that's that's hysterical because keith keith's a great buddy of mine man i love keith i didn't know that he was involved in this um so yeah so you know buck cherry took biters on tour a couple years ago and keith was like let's write let's write come come to la i want to produce your record and i'm like oh whatever you know i kind of knew him and then I, I flew out there to meet rob and i said why don't we uh write some tunes and me and him hit it off so well at kindred spirits and he has such an amazing ear uh just for rock and roll and gear and everything so we we actually wrote three songs uh he got he i think he has three co-writes with me on the record 13 uh and i've made a lifelong friendship and he's such an amazing musician and he's not playing in buckshire anymore and he's producing and he's just killing it so, yeah, he was awesome. just on my. He was just on this show with me, and he did stuff with Blackberry Smoke on their latest record. I mean, he's yep. he moved off of Buck Cherry, and he's been he's been yep. kicking ass, working with new bands and producing and writing. I'm so happy for him, man. He's one of my good buddies. I love that guy. I didn't know he was involved. Yeah, yeah. That's great to hear. I, I'm definitely giving him a shout out because he he's been guiding me and kind of mentoring me through through all this. Yeah, his, his advice his advice is priceless. So I wrote a couple tunes with him, and then I wrote with my buddy scott stevens who i've known for a while and he's been kind of mentoring me and he's worked with hellstorm and tons tons of bands and he's from la and i wrote with somebody i've been wanting to write with for a while and we've been trying to get together i wrote a song with butch walker and mm-hmm. um it turned out really really great i think this would be one of the singles um so yeah i had some uh and i, I wrote a b-side with marty fredrickson which has been involved in aerosmith and these are all people that have been kind of mentoring me so it was all pure but the first three singles are 100% uh, mine. But I'm always down for a collaboration, especially if it's right with somebody you trust. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I love what you're doing. I love the direction of it. Uh, you know, there's a there's a term, there's a style of music that I love called power pop. And when I hear your record, yeah. it kind of channels a lot of power pop. And I love power pop. And I love a lot of 70s power pop and things like that and it's a it's a great mix of you know certainly a rock edge but also some great pop hooks and it's catchy as hell is that kind of like what you set out to want to channel as a solo artist yeah i you know in biters i was championing a lot of of british things uh t-rex 
played sweet, uh, that kind of glam. And this, I really wanted to showcase my love for more of the American stuff. So ch- Cheap Trick, Big Star, Alice Cooper, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, uh, just things like that. Uh, Little Thin Lizzy, a lot of the, especially late 70s power pop, you really kind of hit it on the head. I don't feel like a lot of people are doing that, and I, I just really wanted to do the big American power pop rock and roll record. That's what my goal was. Are you a fan of the Struts? Have uh, you yeah, heard the Biter's Struts? Actually, yeah, Biter's actually uh, opened for them a couple years ago in Philly. Super nice guys. Yeah, amazing band, I think. Yeah, I love what they do, and I and and they they kind of channel like some of that British early power pop '70s stuff mixed in with what they're doing, and you know they're doing really well also. So I'm really excited about that sort of movement happening right now in rock as well. Of course, yeah, we need it. Yeah, they also bust their butts too. So yeah, so let's get to the this tour, man. So I think I don't know how many people have realized this or or saw this or picked up on it, but I've been talking about it uh, somewhat quietly. Uh, the the with the tour known as the Stadium Tour, Motley, Poison, uh, Def Leppard, Joan Jett uh, have have announced a fifth band on board, and it's you, <laughs> you know, starting the whole thing off, which is. Uh, you know, an incredible score, an incredible opportunity. Talk a little bit about having this chance to go out there and look, you know, being honest, especially on weekdays, I'm sure you're going to be on a huge stage with not a ton of people in the building at that time, but still probably more so than you'd get in front of any other way. Talk a little bit about your thoughts about being added to this big tour. Well, I'm perfectly happy playing to 6,000 people at 4 p.m. It's better than nothing. And I'm just stoked for the opportunity. But I think, you know, on the weekends, it's going to really get packed in early. People want to get in there, and uh, uh, it's going to be awesome. But, I mean, it was kind of a surprise. I was submitted for the tour. I knew they were going to add a fifth band. Uh, there's so many loopholes to go through that. I was not a buy-on band. I've never bought onto a tour. I know there's a lot of rumors. I would never do that. And um, I think the final okay, like, go ahead, I think – I think Nikki Six listened to the record and said, let's put these guys on there. Um, I think it's important to, to do things like this because once the heroes are gone, bands like Def Leppard are gone and, and Motley Crue, we, we got to have other bands to kind of fill their shoes and fill the stadiums and fill the arenas. And I think people in the industry are starting to kind of say, hey, we need to start building careers of other great songwriters and great rock bands so they can kind of carry on the legacy. And I think the stars just kind of aligned, and I think I made a record that was resonating, and I just really, I don't know, lucked out. Yeah, I mean, you got to, I mean, first of all, that's all those things you said are great. I mean, it's great that, you know, because there are a lot of those sort of things going on where people are buying onto tours and paying to play and what have you, but really on a tour like that, with uh, the money they're making and the amount of tickets they're selling, I, I doubt they'd need uh, a few extra grand a night from a band to open. So it's good to hear that it wasn't a buy-on situation. But uh, for you, so so do you have, have they definitively told you what time you'll get things started? Will it be as early as 4 o'clock? Is that what you're expecting? And how long well, of a set will you have? So I, th- I think the way they're, they're setting up is kind of like a day festival. They want a big a festival feel. So um, I'm none of the when I got added, I know you're not supposed to look at the comments, but I was so excited. I started looking at some of the comments online, which is definitely a no-no. But a lot of people uh, were saying, uh, 
they're going to cut, I'm paying this much money, and they're going to cut Motley Crue and Def Leppard short set. No, they are not. Everybody's getting the same amount of sets. I'm just going on early. I'm going to come in a little bit, probably 30 minutes to an hour after doors. And, you know, Joan Jett's starting early, too. It's a, it's a day show, and, and things yeah. are getting over by 11. So it, it's going to have a cool festival feel. Yeah, I've mentioned this before. You know, I've had uh, Motley and Def Leppard and Poison on this show, but with Motley and Leppard flip-flopping as far as who closes, one of those bands is actually going to be playing the majority of their set in daylight, actually, because you figure the the, the band second from the top is going to have to be wrapped up by 9, nine o'clock-ish, so right around there in yeah. the summer, that's when it really gets dark. So some oh, yeah. whoever's in the second-to-last slot on a given night might be playing predominantly in daylight. I mean, it's going to be hot. And people are going to be drunk. I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> but you'll get them, Tuck. You'll get them fresh, man. They'll they'll just have maybe a, a slight buzz by the time you go on. So you you'll at least be able to get some attention from them, and they won't be fall down drunk yet. No, they're going to remember my set. But I got to get them warmed up and blackout drunk for the for, for Motley Crue. There's no other way. <laughs> so what are you going to? Uh, are you just going to play stuff from? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you thought about this yet. You're just going to play your record, basically. I'm going to play stuff off the new record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, some sets are going to probably, I'd probably play for like 20, 25 minutes. Um, and so I'm just going to try to pack the most many arena rock show I can possible into that time. And have you, uh, do you have a set band? Are you locked in on your band members? Yeah, yeah, I do. I actually was super, super picky and took my time and found a really, really great bunch of guys uh, to play with. And the last thing is, now, I was talking about this on the air, and I, I don't know if this is even something you can do, but conceivably, time-wise, you could do it. So say you go on and play, and your your time on the stadium tours ends up being 4.30 to 5, right? You you could conceivably, right in that market, still go play a club that night at, like, 9 or 10 o'clock, because you, you're, you're gonna, you'll be done by, like, 5.30, have you? Are you going to try to do stuff like that, or even on off days, are you going to do your own shows? Oh yes, sir. We're, we're definitely going to try to do that. And with, with Live Nation, there's a bunch of radio radius clauses and stipulations. But if it's like a radio show thing, or it, it's uh, agreed to by Live Nation, we're going to do that. And I also think this could be rumored. There's going to be some Joan Jett and Poison shows, one-offs. And if there is, hopefully, I'll get on some of those. So definitely going to be trying to fill in as many dates as possible. Love to get sweaty at a 200-capacity club or 300-capacity club afterward. That would be great. Well, I, I know for a fact that Poison's going to do some stuff because I've got a friend who's about to right. announce a date as a, as a headline uh, date on, on his own that he's putting together. So I know probably outside of Motley and Leopard, everyone's going to break off and, and do their own things. But in all honesty, man, for them to have a, any sort of radius clause on you, uh, relatively unknown on this tour, up and comer. That that would kind of be ridiculous. That's just my opinion. I mean, yeah. I don't know why they put any restriction on on someone like you at your point in the in your career. You'd be surprised, man. Touring Europe and things, the, the amount of money they they would take from from merch from me and my other bands, and some of the rules designed and put in place uh, are just don't help at all for up and coming bands. But that's just the way it is. Yeah, no, that that's ridiculous. I mean, I get it for the headlining acts, but when with you just trying to get established, I mean, that doesn't doesn't seem to make sense. But well, again, well, the, the business well, usually doesn't. 
Well, to be honest, I'm just so grateful and honored to be on the tour. I'm just going to obey. I'm just happy to be there, so I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers. Yeah, uh, no, no, I get it. I can, maybe one day I can have my Chris Robinson era. That'd be awesome. <laughs> have you read that well, book? I just read the Black Crows book. It was incredible. Steve Gorman's book? Yeah. I, just, I, literally, I literally have it sitting right here in front of me. I literally just got it like two days ago. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I can't quit listening to the Black Crows now. I'm just like the fighting and the stories. You have to read it. I definitely have it. It's, to- it's tops on my list. It's sitting right here. I can't wait to get into it. I've heard nothing but uh, pretty amazing things. Right now I'm into a book that's coming out in a few months about Ted Templeman, the guy who produced you know, Van Halen, Van Morrison, and Doobie Brothers and all that. So his, his autobiography is coming, and that's, that's always hearing the producer stories is great as well. Oh, I love those. Yep, yep, of course. I'll check that out when it comes out. Yep. Well, listen, man, it's great talking to you and uh, at least meeting you over the phone. Hopefully we'll get to meet yeah. in person one of these days soon. I, I like what you're doing, and I, uh, I, I, I've, like I said, I've had a chance to hear your, your full record, and I really like direction-wise, and the songs are great. To me, it always comes down to the songs, and there's some great cool. songs on there, and uh, I'm, I'm rooting for you, and you know, we, need, we need newer bands paving the way there, like you said earlier. I wish you luck on that tour. I'm, I'm sure we'll meet up somewhere soon and, and uh, get a chance to connect. But congrats on all this, man, and I wish you nothing but the best. I appreciate you very much, and I appreciate the support so much. You have no idea any help I can get. So thank you very much, man. Yeah, for sure. And if you get to New York or L.A., you've got my number now. I know we were on a text together earlier. So hit me up and let me know because come sit in the studio with me or whatever, and uh, we'll do some more. And, of course, when the full record is available – and everybody has a chance to buy the record, we'll do another round and remind everybody when it's actually out. Now, Eddie, are you based out of uh, New York and L.A. half the time, or were you mostly based out of? I'm in L.A. monthly because I do a show from the Rainbow every month and do, do a few shows from our studio out there. But outside of that, if I'm not traveling for other reasons, uh, New York, New Jersey area. Okay. Well, I just got confirmed for some airborne dates, and we're playing Gramercy Theater, I think, April 30th in New York. So if you're around, I'll hit you up. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, I'm aware of that band as well. And I know that they've just put out a new record, too. So, yeah, maybe we get a little bit closer. Uh, I know I saw that Gramercy date, so we'll, de- we'll definitely try to hook up around New York. But, yeah, the New York area is where I'm, I'm, I live and based. So that, that'll be cool. Okay, cool. Really love that guy's songs, man. He's uh, got some great tunes, a very power pop sort of vibe about what he's doing, which I'm a big fan of. Keep a lookout for his record coming soon and catch him on the big summer stadium tour with Motley Crue and Def Leppard. Also, thanks to Dirty Honey, who joined us earlier on the podcast. Remember, everything you heard came to you via my radio show on Sirius XM, Trunk Nation, heard live daily, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time and replaying every night, 10 to midnight Eastern, and on demand anytime you want on the SiriusXM app. Be sure to follow me on social media, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook, eddietrunk.com is the official online home. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She puts this whole thing together for me each and every week. I'll see you guys again next Thursday for another all-new episode, free, as always. PodcastOne.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Have a good week, everybody.
Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music field trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.